Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome back. We have another guest, and I'm sure glad you stayed with us to listen to Stephanie Payne from HD Specialties. We're going to talk about um, something very important about uh, about life, and so I, I want you to stay with us for the next 20 minutes. Uh, Sandy is, or excuse me, Stephanie is joining us from uh, HD Specialties LLC. We're going to talk about something called the Sandbox Wars, and she's joining us from uh, Gresham, Oregon. Um, Stephanie, welcome to the show. Well, Bill, it's really great to be on the show with you. It's my pleasure to have you. And, you know, I'm really glad you joined us today. And we're going to talk about why end-of-life decisions are are the most important gift to your family. And I want you to listen to this information carefully, listeners, because, you know, there's a lot of things that are very difficult to talk about. And and Stephanie's going to help us... uh, uh, think about some very important things, especially with the holidays coming up as families get together. So, Stephanie, before you get into that, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Well, Bill, I'm a registered nurse. I've been a registered nurse for 31 years now and, and you know, enjoyed doing home care and hospice. So I've met probably over 10,000 people in my career. So I have a pretty good insight into how human beings behave until my mother got ready to die. And she had all of her documents ready, but my siblings decided to come in and take us to court, and we were in litigation for two and a half years. And my parents had a trust, which was really oh my crazy gosh. for them. Yeah, I know. And so I decided, first I cried a lot and, you know, stomped my feet. And it, well, it, to make the story really short is that th- my mom got sick. They hadn't talked to my mom in t- 10 to 15 years but I was the nice kid, I'm the youngest of four, and said, decided to call the mom and said, Mom's not well. 48 hours later, I had to buy a plane ticket, fly to the West Coast, and hire an attorney and meet them in court in 48 hours and to stop them from doing what they tried to do. And two and a half years later, I decided that's when I started writing the book and started realizing that pretty much everybody has a problem at end of life because they don't get all their documents done. Wow, that's that's yeah. an awful story. I'm sorry for your loss, and it's it's not you know the the horrible part about this that people don't realize is how much information needs to be dealt with at a time when you really don't want to deal with information. Well, that's why it's so important to have all the documents done and tell somebody where the documents are. There's lots of little little hints here because if you have if you have your stuff done, all your papers done, and you have the designated fiduciaries and such, your end of life will be much more peaceful, and and there won't be any complications like litigation. For instance, in the in the city that I was living in in, in St. Louis, there were let's say ten thousand deaths per year in the metro St. Louis area. A couple million people, ten thousand deaths. There were over fifteen thousand active probates going on, which means. It takes longer than one year to get a probate done, so there's a lot of overlap. So you end up in litigation for a year to a year and a half. That's really hard to swallow when you maybe need to pay a bill, you need to 
you know, you've got travel problems, and then you've got all these other issues that haven't been decided. So that's now, why. Walk, us, walk yeah, us through that a little bit, Stephanie. When you say you're in probate for that period of time, is everything frozen? As far as I'm not, remember, I'm not an attorney. I've just been learning a lot, and as I always say, always see an attorney, you know, when, with legal problems like this. But probate takes a year and a year and a half, and I believe most of the time the, the funds are are frozen. If you have a trust and all those other documents, you can mm-hmm. literally start distributing money within a few months oftentimes, unless there's other complications. But there's a huge difference. And, for instance, it costs anywhere from five to ten times more to probate an estate than it does to write a trust. That's the one thing that people are afraid of. They think that trusts are prohibitively expensive, and they're really not. It's like five to one. You know, for instance, mm-hmm. if you have a hundred thousand dollar estate, it costs you maybe two thousand dollars for a trust, but ten to fifteen thousand dollars to probate that that hundred thousand dollars. You know, it, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's like a no brain. It's like a no brainer. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, yeah, it's it's buying, it's it's prepaying for something at, at a much lower rate. But a lot of people just think, well, yeah, but it won't be my problem. But what what does yeah. that do to a family uh, when when uh, you know we always tell people. You know, wouldn't you rather be remembered for your planning than for your lack of planning when it comes right down to it? The way I look at it in the little subtitle of my book is that when you get all of your documents done, this is the most important gift you can give your family because not only are you getting all your, you know, all your documents done and your papers together, you're actually allowing your family one to grieve properly and two to not have to worry all about you know, a year and a half of probate, and you're giving them a gift of having the family continue, the legacy. I call it legacy because if you destroy your family, which mine is pretty much destroyed, if you destroy your family, what does that say about, like you just said at the beginning, what does that say about you? Like did you leave a mess or did you leave a a nice, clean, little, tidy package? Because it it is a gift. You know, when you know somebody's going to take care of your health care decisions, somebody's going to take care of your financial decisions, you know where the money's going to go and nobody can fight about it, what a gift that is to your family. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. And so you talked you touched on uh, the healthcare directives and things like that and as a nurse you must have seen this uh, several uh, many many times. <laughs> but how important, I mean, do people not realize how uh tied the medical profession is, how tied their hands are when they don't have the the proper documents? Is that a surprise to a lot of people? I I believe it really is. People want to hang on to life and they don't realize that if we are all going to die. I've taken care of over 10,000 people. I've done over a quarter of a million home care visits. Everybody dies. So it's time to get real about that and and understand that at some point over 80 to 90% of us are going to need somebody to make decisions for us whether financial or healthcare or both. And so if you don't have the right person making those decisions, you know, some crazy uncle that comes in or, you know, some neighbor that comes in and starts stealing things, I mean, there's just stories go on and on. You just are just can be creating a hornet's nest of problems that, you know, so it's really simple. You know, for my, mm-hmm. my, my dad had a power of attorney I mean, and a medical power of attorney, but my mother didn't know how to use it. This is another part of that story. So if you let's say you have your health care directive, it's really important to tell that person that's going to be a health care corrective, first of all, if they want to be that 
person to make those decisions and to tell them exactly what you want so there won't be any more concerns. I know we had six people trying to make health care decisions for my mother, and boy, was that complicated. Oh, you don't wow. really want that to happen. <laughs> And, and it can be so, and it can be so easy, or it can be, you know, contentious and complicated, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be that. Yeah. So tell, I mean, how often do you do you think people actually have all of their legacy paperwork done? Oh, probably about one in ten, because, mm. and I've learned this, and I've done a little research on this, because even though a lot of people have started their, let's say, their trust and got their the documents started, there's usually one or two things they haven't done. They didn't put, the, let's say, the piece of property into the trust, or they didn't sign a durable power of attorney. You know, there's a lot of little things. You know, the paperwork is great, but there's still a lot of work to do after you go to the attorney and get your trust written. So it's a lot of people, yeah. most people, you know, don't get it all done. And that's that's where that can really cause problems. And they just say, I'll, you know, I'll get to that, and they never do, and then, then something yeah. happens. So what's the worst and the best cases that you've, you've seen in all of your visits? And, and well, I, I tell a story in my book. It's, it, it, every time I tell the story, I laugh and I cry. Is about a family who the husband was dying, and I was the hospice nurse, and that the, the wife pulled out a stack of papers and literally flopped them on the table, and she says, what documents did you need? And she pulled out you know, the living well, the advance directive, and all the stuff, and even to the point where this wife could actually sign her signature for her own husband who was dying in the back room. And so this family had the most amazing death. I, I just get goosebumps thinking about it. I walked into the bedroom one day, and there were people, like, looking through photo albums, and they were playing the, the gentleman's favorite music, and they were giving back rubs and throwing sandwiches across the room. Maybe that's not what everybody wants, but it was the most pleasant passing that I had ever witnessed in my life. And then, of course, the worst is these people like, you know, that you end up in courts and not speaking to each other for years or never. You know, you're fighting, you're spending, you know, the estate's money down and and in blowing up families that, that, for instance, my family, my parents spent, you know, 70 years developing a family and then it's gone in in a year. So make a choice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I I get that. It's uh, uh, I just wrote down. It's either a celebration or a condemnation, basically, that you're setting yourself up for in your family. And so, it, and it's not. It, how difficult is it to put all this stuff together? I mean, how much time and effort and money and and everything? And where do people keep this type of information? Well, those are all great. So, first of all, you go see. And I always recommend an estate planning attorney. That these are ladies and gentlemen that they focus. They have special training in how to write the proper trust. Some people need really fancy trust, and some people need a simple trust. And and it's a you end up with a nice binder. And always ask your attorney for all the paperwork to get ready for death, not just the trust. You want the will, the advance directive, the living will, the power of attorneys. You know, there might be some more, but every state has different regulations. So you get all of them done. And then the work begins. So you've got this little nice little binder. Then you have to go home, and the, the attorney gives you letters, and you have to fund the trust, which I, when I got my trust, I basically spent about one day getting all my accounts and things changed. The only thing that's a little bit more complicated is if you own property, you have to get that title transferred into the trust, and that may cost a little bit more money. But that's really about it, and then you just update it every now and again, every year or two. It should be reviewed probably. And then mm-hmm. it's done. Then you can go to bed at night and not have to worry. 
I, so many people say, I'm going to do it tomorrow, I'm going to do it next week, or and it never gets done. You know, the other area that's that, especially here in California, we have a lot is situations change, divorces happen, things change. And when you have uh, some of your things, of course, the trust may have prepared for that. But other things like beneficiary designations on IRA accounts and life insurance mm-hmm. policies and things like that really need to be reviewed regularly when that happens as well, right? Absolutely. With well, a joke that the financial planner that I work with in in St. Louis, he said, "You don't want to be giving your 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 crazy ex brother in law from some divorce, you know, twenty percent of your estate or something like that." And it happens if you don't go back and review your documents because they have a right if if the documents haven't been updated. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and that can, yeah, even if it's in a trust, it can still you know mess things up. So that's why some attorneys you know recommend every year, some maybe every two to three years, but certainly they need to be looked at every every now and again when when a, when a major event happens. You buy major and sell, event. You buy and sell a piece of property. You, somebody gets divorced. You know, just things like that that would trigger an, another update to the to the. Oh, well, in a family, somebody dies or or becomes incapacitated or becomes just a bad apple. <laughs> it can change exactly. a lot, right? Yeah, you can. Uh, you know, you can actually give that that crazy you know child that doesn't behave very well. You can actually put their money into trust so they can't go out and spend it all in thirty days. <laughs> Right, 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 right. So, is your yeah. book a compilation of stories about situations that you've seen? What, tell us, walk us through it. Sure, the book is, I believe, it's sixteen short stories, some good, some not so good, about about end of life issues. It covers a lot of different things, not just the importance of documentation. It covers reminiscing and re- reuniting families back together to get, again. Just there's lots of different things and. So many people ask me questions, and it always seems like in one way or another, there's a story about it in my book. You know, and, then, and maybe that their ending might be a little different than my story, but it is it is has a lot of information in it that I didn't realize I knew I had when I as I was writing it. It's funny. Oh yeah, with your your years of experience, I'll bet <laughs> I'll bet this is a I'll bet this is a great book for estate planning attorneys to get into the hands of their clients as well so that they realize the importance of this, not from a dry legal perspective, but from a humanistic, someone who's seen uh, many people uh, take their last breath and, you know, and, and, and seen families in the aftermath of all of this. It's, it's a different way to approach what can sometimes be a very difficult discussion topic. I, exactly. I tell attorneys, if you have a client that comes in and says, oh, well, I'll do my trust Next year, I, I tell them to give them a copy of my book and then call them and say, now why are you not going to get this done? <laughs> because these are the things that will happen to your family, more likely than not. With the, you know, mil- There's over, I think, two or three million probates going on in America right now. That's ridiculous. Well, you know, and, and listeners, I hear this a lot from uh, uh, attorneys and judges that I, I network with as well, and they say, you know, you have to realize – there's been cutbacks in the federal government and the local governments, and a probate is not like a life-threatening type of a, a legal procedure. And so there have certainly been cutbacks in the number of judges and administrators and <laughs> clerks that work in those departments. And so that's why it takes so long to get through some of these things. It's not a big deal when you have you know, murders and drive-by shootings going on in other parts of the, of the judicial system. A probate it's just like, you know what, you could have planned for this. So this is, it's unfortunate, but it's going to take a lot of time. And unfortunately, you're going to be 
re- not remembered well during that time, probably. I've never heard anybody just happy to come out of a probate court. And believe me, I've talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people about that, and it's 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 extremely frustrating and time, besides time-consuming because there's so much paperwork and it costs a lot of money and you're just spending the estate down, you know, as it goes. And nobody's nobody's ever happy with probate. I've I've never heard. I mean, mm-hmm. except maybe the so, attorneys. And I, nothing wrong against attorneys. I have several good attorney friends, and they make a lot of money, you know, doing probate because a lot of people don't get it done. Well, they they somebody has to do that work, and somebody has to clear clear up things. And a lot of people say, well, what my husband or my my father or somebody died, and they wanted me to have everything. What's the problem? Well, <laughs> the problem is. Uh, that's just not the way it works. There's, they, made a, they may have made promises. There may be outstanding documents. There may be liens. There may be all kinds of other arrangements that were made. And the judicial system is in charge of clearing that, that estate. So uh, what are some tips you would give someone if they were saying, you know, I understand I need to do something, and I really appreciate the interview, but where do I start? What are the, what are the first few things I should do? Well, first of all, talk with your partner, your spouse, whomever, and decide and decide to make a decision and make it sooner than later. And, and this Christmas season is a really great time to think about this. You know, we think death and dying at Christmas, you know, how horrible that is. But this is a time when families are going to get together, and this is a time to rekindle those relationships that you may have let kind of dwindle away. It's, For instance, if you're a child and your parents don't have their estate plan done and they're pushing 70 or 80, this is not the time to just walk them in and say, Mom, we're going to the, the attorney tomorrow. You have to kind of rekindle that relationship and then make a plan. You know, Talk to some estate planning attorneys. Most of them will give a consultation. And start doing it because it's not going to get done by itself. And just know that you're doing the right thing because it's, I mean, so many people die, they think they're never going to die. And, well, I just haven't seen that yet. <laughs> and, and, and start the plan. I, I, I start know the conversation. You've been, the thing is, start the conversation uh, and don't be afraid of the conversation. That's what I was going to ask you, because I know you've been through this, and I don't want to, you know, uh, I don't want to dig up any, any bad emotions for you, but, you know, how, a lot of people say, yeah, but how do I, is there a, a way, a, a good phrase, a good way to open up that conversation is say, mom, dad, I know we haven't talked about this stuff very much, and I know this is a very private topic, but but can you share, or I, I really need to, we re- need to know just in case anything happens. How do you, how, what would you suggest? Oh, that's a really loaded question, and that really depends on the type of relationship you have with your parent or parents because if you haven't had a relationship with them, like I said, you really need to make sure that you have a, a trustful, trusting relationship, that you're not looking like a vulture. And I know so many people you think are not going to be that way. They turn into that at this time of life. You know, like, oh, we've got to make sure mom and dad don't just, give the money away to some charity or something. but So you have to really start gently start the conversation. You might want to start it out with, you know, have you have a health care directive, um, have, you know, you're, you're at least a durable power of attorney. And just start gently asking questions without being aggressive. You, I would think you'd never want to be aggressive with an elderly person. I know no. that most people that get that way usually get the door slammed in their face. And I know that I've seen that way too many times. No, that's a great point, and there might be hurtful feelings if you approach it the wrong way. And I like your idea of talking about 
maybe the fact that it's so important to have the proper um, permissions in place in case someone can't speak for themselves. Let's start with talking about your uh, your healthcare directive, and you know maybe it's something moving in that direction that that is a, a conversation opener. Would you would you agree? Absolutely, it's absolutely a great way to start. And also the other thing, you know, is get yours done first. If they haven't done it and say, hey, Mom, look what I did. I got my my will done. I got my living will done because my best friend died of a heart attack at 47. Or, you know, just start it in another way like that because that way it lets them know that this child is a a thinking child that's, that's planning. And oftentimes that can actually start a conversation. That's a, a really great way. Like you know, don't don't just jump in and start dragging parents to the attorneys. That doesn't usually work. That usually backfires yeah. on everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so uh, how do our listeners contact you or find out or get your book? The book is available on Amazon.com. It's a you know, soft copy and it's an ebook and an audio book. So it's certainly available in all those ways. And if they need to reach me, they can reach me through the Sandbox Wars. I do personal coaching for families that have little issues with getting the getting the decisions made. I try to break it down for them and so they don't have to start a fight either before or after because sometimes people don't understand how complicated it can be. And I, you know, I work with some attorneys and help them, you know, with family mitigation and also I do a lot of public speaking. So I, you know, I love like I love to be on the radio. I get in front of groups all the time so you can follow me that way. It's great. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I think it's very interesting um, that that this is a new approach that people can take with help helping uh, uh, bring up this topic, a very difficult topic, but a very important topic. And I really appreciate you joining us today, Stephanie. Thanks very much. And to our listeners, uh, get in touch with Stephanie and uh, go to the sandboxwars.com and find out more about this. This could be a great Christmas gift for someone where that could lead to something even more substantial. And as Stephanie said, create a situation where they take care of their end-of-life um, decisions now, which could be the most important gift of all. Very good. Thanks so much, Bill. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and your and your and your audience. Thank you very much. Uh, have a great holiday season and uh, appreciate you joining us. Maybe you can touch base a little later and find out how the book's doing for you. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show today. We're going to take a short break. We're going to be right back after this to wrap up. So please stay tuned and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 